0: Hello and welcome to Game on Girl on the go. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. and I'm here today to talk a little bit more about the gamer types that I found in my dissertation, and a topic that I brought up during my last episode. I was talking about... Uh, mastery gamers in the last episode, which was the gamer type that I sort of discovered by accident as I was doing my research. Um, It was very evident to me when I was talking to people about how they created their avatars, that there were people who went into games to make a representation of themselves. Uh, that was clear from pretty much the beginning. Uh, the next group I found were role players who go in and create a character very much outside themselves, uh, where they create distinct and detailed backstories and histories, uh, which was a surprise to me. Not that that happened, but that it happens in um, digital role playing games. I knew that was the case for tabletop role playing games, I didn't know that that had mapped over. And the third category, when I was writing the dissertation, I called neutral because they didn't really fit into either one of those categories. My criteria for determining if you are a self-gamer was you talked about your avatar in first person. And my criteria for role players was they talked about their uh, avatar in third person. And... Neutral gamers, as I called them at the time, didn't would switch back and forth. There was no like clear distinction. They'd say me or my character kind of back and forth. There was no clear line. So that's why I kind of put them in this neutral category and then later discovered that really what that was about was more they wanted to master the game, which is why I ended up calling them mastery gamers. So the question that I came up with as I was recording last time was do the gamer types get along? And the reason why I came up with that was I was talking about what it's like for me as primarily a self-gamer, sometimes playing with people in my board game group who are mastery players. And one of the games that I have gravitated away from playing really at all is the Pandemic board game. And one of the reasons for that is I have two pretty pretty heavy-duty, pretty strong, strategic gamers in my primary game group. And what would happen with Pandemic is they would plan out like the next four turns. Um, They would min-max, you know, they would come up with, you know, here's the best way we can avoid any kind of damage, and we can avoid an outbreak with this, and I would just sit there. And I ended up just playing on my phone, and um, if you look at, like, my Instagram, which is also DocLiz with two Zs, you'll see lots of pictures of the Pandemic board from back when we used to play, because I used to take pictures and talk about playing it, mostly because I was bored stiff, Um, because, like, thinking about... And planning out so much of the game just really held no interest for me. Now I won't say I don't have a fair bit of mastery gamer in me. Um, The people who do play with me do note that I am a little on the competitive side and I do appreciate a good win. Mostly, though, when people don't think it's coming and have underestimated me, that's always my favorite. And as a woman gamer, let me tell you, that happens more often than, you know, I care to admit. Um, Not with my game group, but when I play with people who don't know me very well. (laughs) So, you know, it's not that I don't enjoy winning, necessarily. I just don't enjoy planning it out to the degree where the engagement, my engagement with the game goes down significantly in that setup. Like I just don't really enjoy planning out turn by turn in advance so that we can make sure that we beat the game. So we stopped playing Pandemic, the full Pandemic, um, because my self-gamer kind of Um, clashed with our master gamers in the group. Um, And one of the things that is great about my game group is we want to make sure everybody's really enjoying the games that we're playing. So we know the games that people tend to like more and we gravitate toward playing those style of games um, more because we can get along with each other. Uh, Our friends bought Pandemic the Cure, which is a uh, tabletop dice game based on the original game but it completely nullifies the let's plan out the next four moves because you cannot predict what's going to happen with dice I mean you can't completely predict the regular version of pandemic either but you can definitely control it to a degree um that it just like I said became uninteresting for me so um Pandemic the cure with the dice. I mean, you don't know what resources you're going to have until somebody rolls their dice. Everybody has a different set of dice. Everybody has different abilities. They're working as different characters and have different specialities that can help um, the, you know, the outbreak and help the management. You can also play with more people than you can play um, the regular pandemic. And that that switch, for me, from going from the game, the, the regular card-based, you know, pandemic game, to the dice game where you couldn't control it as much made it so much more interesting it stays in the moment you have to stay on top of everything you still have the collaboration I love collaborative games I love games where it's us against the the game itself I think those are fantastic Um, but I just couldn't hang with like let's plan so many turns out so the cure removes all of that ability like you can't do anything until you know exactly what's uh, what dice have come up so that made a big made a big shift it also doesn't play as long (laughs) you don't play a game of pandemic the cure as long as you do pandemic um so that that's one sort of point of conflict I think that I've seen between the gamers the gamer types um between primarily self gamers and master gamers because I think that most of the conflict I've seen between gamer types comes from mastery and um self-gamers because there's just such a difference in approach and um, motivation for gaming. Um, there's also for, um, for our group, one of the things I do notice too is some of us tend to be a little bit more chatty and a little bit more social and some of us aren't and that ends up being a little bit of a conflict sometimes as well. So there are kind of different ways to, to go about that, you know, where we, we handle a lot of the social stuff. We try to do more at the start or when we take breaks to eat and things like that. And that manages to keep the mastery players a little bit more, um, Uh, okay with the socialization that tends to go on um, that's another aspect of gamer types that I'm kind of looking at now in some new research that I'm doing, I'm looking at how the Myers-Briggs type indicator um, intersects with gaming identity and seeing if your your Jungian function attitudes uh, influence your gaming at all. Uh, so I'm looking at that, and one of the things I've been looking at specifically in that research is if people are social gamers or solo gamers. So do you play with a group or do you play on your own, and I'm wondering if if I'm going to see a correlation between mastery players and solo play more because the master player who I know the best definitely tends to play more on his own because he just likes to focus in. He knows exactly what he wants to do and exactly how he wants to do it. And he doesn't always want to kind of muck around with other people as he's gaming. He just wants to hop in and be able to play the way that he wants to play. And that's deeply satisfying for him. So like I said, motivation is a really big factor in how these these types get along. Um, I know uh, quite a few role players, um, and role players seem to be just as easy to get along with. <laughs> um, they, you know, I have seen people apply role-playing strategies to board games that didn't actually have role-playing um mechanics involved and i find that absolutely delightful like dive in make a story you know we'll be playing um uh some of the zombie board games i'm trying to think of one um there's one called an with night in the title i can't think of the name of it off the top of my head um but uh we've played that one and uh, had people making up stories about who the characters were and who their characters were just as kind of like filler for the game because some of those games can go kind of long um, so I, I love that. So so I love when role players kind of jump in and bring in other aspects of role playing into games that might not necessarily have that as, a, as an actual component of the game. Uh, one of the games that one of the board games we played a lot in the last year was the Harry Potter deck builder game called um, Hogwarts Battle. Uh, that was super popular with pretty much everybody in my life. Um, it was a game that broke down and actually turned one friend of mine who wasn't really interested in games at all. And I mean anything. Like I had tried a bunch of different games. She would play Quirkle. That's about as far as she would go. Um, but once the Harry Potter game came out, oh my goodness, she just hopped in and, ha- and loved it and picked it up and was fast at learning the rules and how to play. And those mechanics are not, you know, particularly straightforward. There's a lot of sort of gaming knowledge that's assumed that you know when you go into a deck builder like that Um, and she just picked right up on it and loved it. Uh, What I find about that interactions that come when we play the Harry Potter game is we talk a lot about the Harry Potter books and the stories and the characters and that just gets everybody going to, gets people engaged and like wanting to know and understand and, you know, talk about the theories and talk about characters and all kinds of different things and even the communities that have sprung up around Harry Potter. So um, again, the role players are really into Harry Potter because you do actually get to take on the idea identity of your, um, your character. Uh, one of our, our people in our group tends to play Neville and when Neville plays his toad who heals him he's like oh I licked my toad and healed myself and so uh, we just have lots of kind of jokes that go in about that. So I guess the way I would wrap up is um, all the gamer types can get along. Um, You do find a little bit of conflict um, primarily between self and mastery gamers where, like I said, the motivation for playing is just so much different, Um, especially if self gamers tend to be more social gamers and less solo gamers, um, then they're wanting the social aspects of gaming, which mastery players are not often after as well. Uh, So what are your experiences as you've been listening to this? Have you identified with um, self gamers, role players, mastery gamers? Do you tend to be more social when you game or more solo? Um, Do you do both? I would say I definitely do all of the above um, where I have like different games I like to play different um, um, in different environments. Uh, So let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. Uh, Follow this podcast on all of the uh, major uh, podcast outlets, including iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, And definitely here on Anchor. Uh, Catch up with my main episodes of game on girl Uh, my latest episode is with trish heinrich who is an independent author um, and she talks about her characters and her books and the process of becoming an independent author Uh, so definitely go check that out and until next time game on